0: Blog Talk Radio
1: And Mrs. America. This is Sam D coming to you tonight, trying a little bit different take on things. I haven't come on the air in any significant way in about two years. But I felt the need to get on here tonight and speak with you about something that's going to make a big difference in whether or not we can succeed as a nation and whether or not we can, as I put in the chat, weather the storms we are now in and the greater storms to come as a new young nation we were faced with many challenges because any government no matter how small and minimal has to provide certain things to the nation otherwise it is not a government to do things like keep roads open deliver the mail come up with something to use as money we have to provide safety and security for our people. We have to take care of the needy, the widow, and the orphan. We have to have an army to protect the nation, and we have to have police to protect the people. We have to protect them from wild animals, natural disaster, and back in the day, Indian attack. And there was only one way that is a new nation with no resources to speak of other than the strong backs of our citizens, could survive in that environment. And that means of survival was called voluntary association. People getting together to take up the slack. People built the roads and the bridges. They cared for their neighbors. They built forts. They stored food. They raised barns, cabins, and rounded up criminals, stray cattle, and hogs. Took on all the measures necessary to protect the people. And it was all done through voluntary association. Eventually, government stepped in to pick up the slack and make it work as a regular thing. But we didn't really get rolling as a nation until after the Constitution had been adopted. We had the colonies running around trying to take care of things themselves in a very inefficient way and the people took up the slack. They got together, in some cases they taxed themselves to do things. I know one of them was to round up stray hogs, I had an ancestor. And they got together and took up a collection to pay him to keep people stray hogs at home so they didn't tear up people's gardens. They built forts another ancestor of mine, his home became a fort in the frontier of western Pennsylvania at the time. He couldn't build the place up himself, build a big stout cabin, but because he had a good source of water there and easy transportations and everyone could find it, the neighbors all got together and they erected a stockade around it. And when they suffered the ravages of the Indians of the day, They all got together at that fort for mutual defense and looked after each other. The women and children stayed there. The men banded together to go out and take care of the problem, came back, and they went to their homes. When people got sick, they got together and fed each other. They provided game. They provided food. They tended for sick people as well as they could with no doctors around care of people who were widowed, and they took care of orphans. And they did it by banding together in voluntary association to fill the needs of the community. When we talk about our preparations in modern time, we speak a lot about getting together supplies, learning new skills, making ourselves useful to the community. And one of the things that Scout has always talked about a matter of being a good rifleman is being available and well-trained and developed to be a leader for that community. The leaders can't just stand out there on a soapbox and say, okay, folks, we're going to do this. They have to have some basis to work from. They have to have at least their friends, their family, and their neighbors to step up and assist them in doing this. In order for you to do that, you need to be a strong part of the community. You often hear preppers talk about building a survival group where they and one or two or even four families might band together to take care of each other and share the guard duty and help plant a really big garden, take care of livestock and things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I will tell you that four families together on one piece of land, and no matter how large the families, cannot support themselves. Because a group of four families could be easily overcast with the things they need to do and providing their own security. They can't range out far enough away from their own property to see what's going on around them. They have no way of knowing what's happening around them. And they could easily be, shall we say, cut off and surrounded and lose their resources to people of not so nice intent. But if you have a community, a small town, a couple of hundred people who are getting together, working to their mutual benefit, then you have that ability to see what's going on distances around you you have the fair manpower to pay attention to details of security to what's happening in the next community to finding out what can be done to make their lives better to organizing their efforts and there must be an organization of efforts even such a simple thing as a barn raising requires someone to have a plan and someone needs to be in charge. But if the people that come to the barn raising don't know who that leader is, don't know who's in charge, and that leader cannot communicate his plan, the barn is not going to go up. And the whole reason for doing it is to get the barn up. The free feed afterward is nice, but we're there to get a barn up. Here as a nation, we have to get our barn up. We need to be together. We need to be functioning with each other. To function with each other, we have to know each other. Do you know the person that lives next door to you? I know you can sit there for 10 or 15 seconds and remember his name, but do you know him? Do you know what he eats? Do you know how many kids he has? Do you know what kind of car he drives? You know, if he has anything to offer in a way of skills, when was the last time you sat down and spoke with him? Too often, the people who should be our neighbors are the people who live next door. But if you voluntarily associate with those people and learn about them, and they have an opportunity to learn about you, then you're more liable to cooperate with each other when times get tough. Here in my own little town, times are getting tough. We haven't suffered a natural disaster. We're not being invaded by a foreign menace, other than a few stray drug runners. But what we have is a lot of very poor people. And we have voluntary associations in this town who are taking care of those very poor people. People who have no work. It seems that some people down the local church got together and started collecting up food and feeding those people. And then another church started doing it on a different day of the week. And another started on another day of the week. And before you knew it, there was somebody providing a meal, at least one hot meal, to those needy people every day of the week. And they're doing it right now, while they're holding down regular jobs, raising their children, going to school, going to church, taking care of their own families. They're spending time to take care of their community. But it wasn't strangers that got together and did this. It was friends, people joined in voluntary association, people who saw a common need working together to make a success to meet a need in their community. We have a very active Habitat for Humanity group in this town. Those are people who work together voluntarily to meet the needs of the community. They don't give anybody anything. They donate a little labor and they build a house to sell to someone at a pretty good rate but they're not giving anything to anyone. They're joining together in voluntary association. Friends, neighbors, co workers get together on a Saturday morning, pour a slab, come back a week later and start putting up a frame. And before too long, there's a home. Someone else from the community buys the home, moves in, starts donating their time and effort to building another home, voluntary association, meeting the needs of the community. That's how we succeeded as a nation when we began. We got together for everything, doing tasks that government couldn't even think existed. Government was a distant thing. And if you lived in Lexington and you needed to go to Boston to deal with government, You blew a day walking there and most of a day walking back. You needed to take care of things at the local level. So people there got together and took care of their business. They built bridges. They maintained bridges. Sometimes they taxed themselves to build and maintain them. They built roads. They built post offices. They carried mail, back before there was a post office. Ben Franklin worked real hard to get one set up and put himself into business with it. But people still carried messages and mail around because they didn't have door-to-door delivery back then. And if somebody went into the town of Lexington and there was a message there waiting for somebody, they would pick that letter up and drop it off on their way to their own farm. voluntary association the colonial militia working together to protect their community to make it stronger and safer and a better place to live and it wasn't all work either when they got together to do their drill which was required because they voted it on themselves they did it in a social setting usually after church on Sunday afternoon Some of the more sporting of them would get together and take turns shooting at a mark for small tokens of assurance as to who had the greatest skill. People building community, working together, living together, recreating together, learning how to coordinate their efforts. Do you belong to a neighborhood association? Do you belong to a social or fraternal association? Look at the history of that organization, how it got together, what it was created for. Many of the social and fraternal organizations that we know of today, that people get together and think of as a good excuse to sit down on Saturday and have a drink with their buds, those organizations were created to meet a common need that the people had. We used to have an organization called The Grange. And the Grange organized farmers so that they could coordinate their marketing, so they could learn better techniques to farm, so they could help each other. It was almost a union. They educated each other in better ways to farm. What we now know is Blue Cross started as an organization of lumbermen and miners in the Pacific Northwest at the turn of the last century. People who pledged to stand together and take care of each other
0: when they became ill
1: or were injured in their dangerous occupations. And logging and mining are still pretty dangerous occupations. Those organizations got together. Initially, they just took care of each other, took donations of food and chores, firewood to those who were injured incapable of helping themselves. Later on, it became an organization where they put money toward it and hired professional medical care for each other. The next thing you know, it was an insurance company. Well, I'll tell you right now, it didn't really become an insurance company until way up in the 60s. It was a loose, informal organization that took care of each other. A lot of our other fraternal organizations, like the Elks or the Woodsmen, got together initially almost like uh, the Bailey Brothers Savings and Loan to put money in to help each other. Everybody put in a couple of dollars a month, and when someone got sick, they could hire a doctor out of their common pool of money and get that person well, get them back to work a lot of cases those those social organizations have dissolved over the years and got back to being something just drinking buddies on saturday afternoon but some of them have gone back and looked at what they were about and gotten back into that business of taking care of each other what do you do to take care of your neighbors do you know them do you work together do you cooperate Do you go rototill the neighbor's garden and
0: they help you can yours
1: when it's all right? If any of you have anything going on? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Can you hear me now? (laughs) If you can, somebody pop on and uh, let me know. How are you out there? Let me know what's going on am I in yep, here I'm, I'm I'm listening. I just didn't see you in the studio okay. I don't see you on there i'm I'm dialed in as the host it's, uh, huh. I didn't have my microphone turned on and I've been wasting time <laughs> well you you it's been uh, you've been coming out over the air. okay I wasn't sure if i did. It's, uh, it's been coming out uh from the very beginning, okay. That's good then. I haven't missed it all. If any of you have something significant that you do in your community, pop on here and give us a call and uh, tell us what you're doing with your friends and neighbors in cooperation, in voluntary association to meet your needs. Maybe it's a neighborhood watch. Maybe you teach the local children about history with your friends on Saturday morning or on Friday night at the library give me a yell and tell us what you do one of the things that I do I still teach people how to shoot I mostly teach women how to shoot groups of women who have never gotten near guns are afraid of them and think that maybe they need to learn a little bit about them while their husband is off deployed to Afghanistan or Kuwait or any of those multitude of other places. Because we have a lot of wives and families who are home alone. So one of the things that I do is teach those ladies And they've gotten together and they've created an even stronger organization to help teach each other. As they learn to teach each other what to do, how to take care of themselves, how to secure their homes, how to prepare for when finance messed up my husband's paycheck, what am I going to do? And the next thing I knew, these ladies are looking out for each other. They're taking care of each other's children, giving each other a break from taking care of older sick parents. They get together. Some of them knit, which is fine. Some of them garden in common. Got them in trouble a little bit on the base. But the wing commander decided that if five people wanted to till a community garden between their yards... He let it fly, and they're doing it and having a lot of fun, and they're learning to take care of each other in the process and becoming friends, becoming an organization. <coughs> Excuse me, I got the creeping crud tonight. and I Got the cough. When those organizations learn to work together, when they learn to be inclusive, not exclusive, when they become based on the community, and not unnecessarily a fraternal organization, we start seeing different behavior in the community. Communities begin to grow. They take care of each other, and it is about community. I know the ten people that live within a half a mile of me. Their families, my family get together. We look out for each other. When my wife broke her leg and I couldn't get home in time to feed some nights, they came over and they fed for me. When I have a day off and one of them needs to get to the doctor and can't drive, I take them to the doctor. We look out for each other. I also taught all of their wives how to shoot because their husbands humiliated them on the range and they didn't like it very much. And those ladies get together and shoot. One of these days, they'll even get my wife to go with them to go shoot because she's a stick in the mud. As these people learned to work with each other, we began cooperating on things. We didn't plant a little corn patch in our gardens anymore. We have one guy who has a really great place to plant corn, and the manure pile is close. So we plant all of our corn And now all of our beans in one big field. And we all go in and put in some labor with a hoe. And at harvest time, we go peel it down and shuck it. And we get together and shell beans in the fall when they get dry. And then divvy them all out. And I know that when I have a problem, I can count on those people to help me. If we were to break into a, a time of disorder out here, we'll get together and look out for each other. And some of them are pretty big families, so there's a group of about 60 that are going to look out for each other. And we're about five miles out of town, and we have our own little community. We can get to each other pretty well, and we associate with each other. We know each other's needs. We take care of the things that we need to do. As we continue on, we'll grow stronger and stronger. Some of the men have expressed a desire to learn how to use the rifle for something a little bit more effective than deer hunting. And I sent them on down to demilk in at Appleseed and let him teach them up because that's what Appleseed does. Besides teaching a good dose of history and other people who had a sense of community and existed in voluntary association. I still haven't seen anybody else call in and uh, express a desire to tell us what they're doing in their community. And if you're not doing anything, maybe you need to start thinking about it. Maybe you need to start building an organization. Maybe you belong to a church in your town where the people are like-minded and get together and cooperate. But like many towns nowadays, churches tend to pop up all over the place and have kind of small congregations, and they don't necessarily cooperate with each other. So we don't always have the physical support of a community, even though we enjoy the spiritual support of a religious community. You need that physical support, too. Working in that sense of community, I did some studying last year, and in my studies, it got down to dealing with some of the multiculturalism that they keep speaking about. One of the things that we found out with multiculturalism and its effect in America and none of our scientific folks like to talk about it is that we're developing duplicate societies developing duplicate societies groups of people standing right next to each other who don't know each other who go outside their physical area to meet with like-minded people And we had this problem one time before in our nation the 1880s through about 1920 we had large immigrant populations and those populations tended to group together in a community to in many cases try to speak the language in the old country and keep the old ways alive they didn't succeed very well in doing that but we ended up with the same two types of societies one of those societies is what's known as a familial trust society. The other is known as a community trust society. In one group, the people only trust those that they know very well who have some physical relation, like being family. And the other one, there's a general level of trust that's extended to
0: everyone
1: in their area. Now there's one good way to find out if you're living in a general trust society or if you're living in a familial society. Walk up and ask your neighbor for a solution to a hard problem. Maybe one that has something to do with local government. Around here I could walk up to one family up until about a year ago and say, well, how would I get the sheriff out here paying more attention to our area, keeping these trays and stuff down? And I go to one family and they say, well, you just call the sheriff's office here and you do this. But I went to this other family, you need to call my cousin. You need to call my cousin. They don't call the sheriff's department. They call their cousin who works at the sheriff's department. Because they don't generally trust their society. They only trust the portions of society that they have a physical connection with. It doesn't work. And all of these social experiments and multiculturalism have all been failures. And it's been scientifically studied and documented. But you're not going to see that come out because it's not politically popular. And the kind of people who sit back and do those studies don't go out and live by the sweat of their brow so they're not liable to put it out that their experiment in society is a miserable failure. Now in 1890 we had large communities of Poles, large communities of Irish and large communities of Italians moving into the United States and they didn't necessarily get along with each other. But over the years, they learned to get along with each other. They took the one thing that they had in common, their religious faith, and that put them in social contact with each other. And now, we have one group that makes good beer and another group that has good food. That's where those social differences and multiculturalism have come to today. We need to ensure that our communities become truly multicultural and truly multicultural is unicultural where everyone is part of the same society and can depend on each other. So put your hand out to that neighbor who thinks the only place to ask for help is with his cousin or with uncle. Bring him into your community and into your society. Give them an example of trustworthiness. Show them that you do care about them. Show them that their continued success is a guarantor of your continued success. And when you learn to work together as a community, then you can solve big problems. They had a Frenchman wandered around America in the 1830s, a guy named Alexis de Tocqueville. And he wrote a rather famous book entitled Democracy in America. And one of the chapters in that book is on the use that the Americans make of association in civil life. He said Americans of all ages, all conditions, all minds constantly unite. Not only do they have commercial and industrial associations in which they take part, But they have a thousand other kinds, religious, moral, grave, futile, very general, very particular, immense and small. Americans use association to give fates, to found seminaries, to build inns, to raise churches, to distribute books, to send missionaries. In this manner, they create hospitals, prisons, and schools. Finally, if it is a question of bringing to light a truth, or developing a sentiment with the support of a great example, they will associate. Everywhere at the head of a new undertaking in France, you see the government. And in England, you see a great lord. Count on it that in America you will perceive an association. People getting together, working as a community to do something that they can't do any other way. Something that's not the business of government, or maybe it is the business of government, but government is neglecting its duties. Building hospitals, building churches, building schools, working together for the common good, putting nothing into it but a little sweat equity. So we need to keep that in mind, and we need to build that sense of community here in America. Still can't believe nobody's calling in telling me what they do in their community. Don't any of you people do anything with your community? With your friends and neighbors? Think about it. Would you loan your neighbor a lawnmower? I'll loan my neighbor a lawnmower, and I have an expectation of getting it back in good shape. Maybe in a week or two. Maybe you wouldn't dare loan your neighbor a lawnmower. You figure you get it back uh, after he's mowed the rock field with it. If you get together and make that person socially dependent on you with your goodwill, taking care of him, then he will make you socially dependent on him. And when you come socially dependent on other people, then you take care of each other, and you become strong when you get together and work with each other. People at Appleseed that you teach how to shoot, do you socialize with them afterwards? Do you imbue them with a sense of community that they need to go out and take care of other people? Because being a rifleman is more than shooting well and it's being more than just being a leader. It's being out there and creating groups of people to be led. Forming groups of people who get together for common purposes. Go down to one of your local organizations that you belong to, the American Legion, say, and see what they do as a group to take care of their community. We have a a guy in the chat room first radio talking about uh, community emergency response team and unfortunately it's a FEMA based program. I'm going to tell you that in Alamogordo it's not so FEMA based. The emergency services coordinator for Otero County can't get anything done if the people in Otero County don't help him with it. He ain't got a budget and he doesn't have the manpower people in Otero County want to do something he's got the manpower and he doesn't need the budget stuff just kinda shows up we scared the guy we invited him to a local Tea Party meeting and he thought he was gonna get grilled about being under the control of FEMA he came down there we asked him what are you doing and then we said what do you need to make it work and I thought the poor guy was going to mess his pants because there were people there at that tea party meeting who were used to working together for a common goal who were offering their services to him, things done that he needed because he doesn't have the resources available through taxation or through FEMA to make stuff happen. And you can bet that if something bad ever did happen here, Oh, he might want FEMA's resources when they get here, but he's listening to us because he knows that we will associate together to help him meet his goal. And too many people have a funny idea about FEMA anyway. Camp's on the mind. Really all they are is a management organization. I preferred it back when we had civil defense because it was all locally based We only got supplies and brochures from the federal government. So the way to do it is to make your community emergency response team a community emergency response team. Not a select group of government officials out there directing people what to do, but a group of members of the community who are assisting people and leading them in doing the right thing. Okay, first radio, okay, it's ISL radio. I don't have my spectacles on tonight, so I'm not seeing very well. You as a community need to get together and take control of what's going on. You know, we have a guy here who's teaching radio communication. How many of you people know how important it is to have good radio communication? Here in Alamogordo, we've got more good radio communicators than you can shake a stick at. You know, when the local hams get together down in the park, they take the place over and you can't get through it because there are going to be three or 400 of them floating around down there. And they do a lot of good work. And they run a lot of the comms around here because theirs all seem to work when the governments don't. It's amazing how that happens. And they can always get a hold of another ham somewhere when they need a message sent through, something to get done. Had a forest fire with an area got cut off last year. Didn't have any phones, and cells don't work up there. But you know what? Had a guy sitting up on top of that mountain with a pretty powerful rig and two car batteries, and he was getting the job done. Passing on the messages, getting people where they needed to go, making it happen. But he had other people with him because he didn't carry them car batteries up there himself. His friends and neighbors carried them up there, brought him fresh ones. And then somebody hauled up a couple of solar panels. By the time the fire was out and everything was under control, he had a regular radio station going up top. And he had better comms than anybody at the Forest Service or the Sheriff's Department. People using their own abilities in the community interest because it's good. It's good for the community and it's good for you. They have to know what's going on to know each other and they have to work with each other on a regular basis to make that happen. What are you doing in your community? How many of you are hanging with Habitat for Humanity? How many of you throw in a couple hours at the soup kitchen once in a while? How many of you just go over and help that 80-year-old lady down the street get in her firewood or get her leaves out of the yard? She went out and raked them all up but didn't have a truck to take them to the dump. I went down and got them. I got a truck besides I wanted the leaves for my compost or she's concerned I'm a great friend, I'm doing something for me, it's helping her too, and that's a great thing. You find that most things in communities happen kind of that way. People will get together and do stuff for their own benefit that helps everybody else. People down the street, hey, I got a tree going to fall on my roof. Can you help me get it out of there? Sure, because I need some firewood. I'm going to help you. You're going to help me. We all win. Why? Because we're a community. We look out for each other, and it's in our own interest to look out for each other, just in the smallest of things. had a neighbor. I don't get to see him very often. He works nights, I work days, things got messed up. I ended up with a couple of days off. I had to take off work to take care of my wife. I ran into him. Now I didn't have to take off as much vacation to take my wife to a doctor's appointment downtown because my neighbor will do it for me. And I don't mind going and doing some things for him during the day when he's trying to get some sleep. We look out for each other. We take care of each other. It's like Scout cuts his neighbor's dead trees and clears them. The neighbor makes sure his dogs are vaccinated. This is people helping each other. No cast changes hands, but certainly something of value happens out there. We're looking out for each other as a community. When we do it a little bigger and a little stronger, when we have those really tough times, When our town is cut off with a forest fire or a brush fire or the highway bridge is down and it's the only way into town other than Shank's mayor, people need to take out, look out for each other. Say we do have the great financial collapse that everyone is concerned about and we're all together in our little town having to take care of each other. Do you take care of your neighbors enough to plant a couple extra rows of corn? Do you take care of your neighbors enough to plant a few more rows of beans? If there's too much to bag up and store, we can take them to the soup kitchen, and they like getting them too. And sometimes then folks actually come out and help me work in that garden. That's no joke. That community corn patch is getting to be a big thing. Used to be as part of my job. I had to get rid of damaging wildlife. And when you get rid of damaging wildlife, it's a shame to just take it and pitch it. You can't take it for yourself because somebody thinks you're out there working a trophy hunt at the government's dime, and that doesn't exactly look good. But you can't let antelope run out in front of $57 million airplanes and trash them either. So what do I do with a couple hundred pounds of good meat? Gee, goes down to the soup kitchen. And the folks at the soup kitchen keep me in mind. And once in a while, I need folks to come out and work. I got some work out there. I'll offer some of them people some work. I'll go down there and say, hey, who wants a day's work? Who wants to earn 60 bucks to come out here and help me do this for the day? And lo and behold, somebody wants to come up and do it. And then they find out, oh, he's the guy has been dropping off this meat around here. That's pretty good. Other people get involved. Next thing you know, the guy says, hey, can you put in a good word with this guy? I'm trying to get a job down here. and If somebody says something good for me, like I'm halfway reliable or do a good job of work, they'll hire me. So I go down and I talk to the local guys and say, yeah, I've had him out to my place and he comes out there and I get my money's worth out of him and he doesn't slack off, so give him a hand. Now he's not down there getting a meal at the soup kitchen. He's down there serving at the soup kitchen and donating food at the soup kitchen because he's got a job running a grader for a local construction company because we took care of each other, met our mutual needs. I went out and put in a good word for him. Now he's got a job. He's going out and taking care of other people in the community. And I know that I can count on him to come out and help my friends and I with our needs. We're all working with each other. Scott talks about here a lot of the products and services that he uses are accomplished by barter or trade. And this is a good thing. People need to get out there and take care of each other on it. ISL radio talking about how in Indiana, when they get weather bad, trees blown down, power lines across the roads, they go out and they take care of the roads and secure the area so people don't hit those down power lines. I don't think anybody's paying him to do that. I think maybe he's trying to do something for his community. And I think they'd probably appreciate it, too. I know I would appreciate it if somebody warned me off and kept me from driving into a downed power line. It's also nice if he went out to a chainsaw and cut up that tree, too. And I don't have to wait for a county to go do it. I don't have to go home and get my own saw to do it. He's out there looking out for the needs of his community. you have a volunteer fire department in your town? What do they do? How much time do they get together? helping each other out with things, helping their community out, getting called out at 2 o'clock in the morning in the middle of winter because somebody's house is burning down. So they're freezing to death out there on a hose line while someone's house is burning down. They're working together for their community for the common good, taking care of each other, looking out for their neighbors. And it cuts your insurance rates when they do that. It's really amazing how that works. People looking out for each other. Voluntarily associating with each other for the common good. And you can do this in your town. So when you go out and you do a, an apple seed and you're sitting down at the end of the day, Ask those people what they do in their community and encourage them to do things in their community. One of the things you're going to encourage them to do is come out and try to teach the community how to shoot and teach the community a little history, and that's a great thing. It is a great thing. Add on to it more community service, more being involved in what's going on. Freedom V, talking about the local beekeepers taking care of each other, looking out for each other, setting up hives, you know. Maybe somebody's hauling some hives down to an orchard down the road. You got some, need to make the trip, they take them for you. That's a good deal, especially if you're down in the ER getting x-rayed to your leg, see if it's broke. And if you got friends and neighbors that will help you out with that stuff, it's a great thing but it doesn't happen if you don't get involved and make it happen i think i see jimmy sitting in there in the chat I don't think he's called in here well maybe he did i got a caller here i'm going to bring him on hello there 805 304 how you doing
2: hello good evening sir uh... my name is jay i'm calling from california and uh... I like your topic here, and I just want to uh, tell a real quick story, if I could. Sure. Go right ahead. Okay. So uh, the topic tonight, um, you know, associations and working together. Uh, recently, uh, so I'm over here in Ventura, California, and uh, we've got a local apple seed that, that with a group of dedicated folks that do it month in, month out, every month of the year in uh, Piru, California. And... Um, Basically, the way I learned about that is through uh, an online discussion forum called cal- Calguns.net, and, right? Uh, and through that, I've gotten involved with, um, you know, as you're talking about people calling to action, saying, "Hey, let's do a little bit more. Hey, let's uh, let's get involved in the community." So um, from that, I volunteered with the nonprofit that came off of that, Calguns Shooting Sports Association, and. Um, We do a lot of cool things in the community association. We're trying to empower the community with information about firearms in California Um, and a lot of the things you're talking about, just making friends and and getting people out together. And uh, so to the point, um, a lot of our members, you know, they do the apple seeds and they're involved with a lot of the shoots out here. And uh, as part of the CGSSA, one of the things I do is the information booth at one of the gun shows. So, I had a booth coming up, and uh, my booth was a couple weeks ago. So I called up some of the local shoot bosses, and I said, hey, you guys want to give me some promotional material? Um, I got a booth going in Ventura, and uh, I'll go ahead and put your pamphlets out. You know, And if anybody asks any questions, I'll talk to them, and I'll point them to you guys and, and uh, get them towards the apple seed. So, you know, and I did the gun show, and I talked to dozens of people, um, you know, who were interested in apple seed. And I've never been to an Appleseed, but I know of the good work that they do. But, uh, you know, with the organization that I volunteer for and the association that we do have on a personal level with the Appleseed guys, um, I guess that's just an example of, you know, what you're talking about, the associations and how we can come together for a common goal.
1: It is, and that's a real good example. You know, when people in our community get together and take care of each other,
0: it's a good thing. Makes you feel right. good, so, though,
2: doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Um, that's part of, you know, what drives me to do what I'm doing with CGSSA is uh, just because it's such an important topic. I mean, the Second Amendment by itself is a such an important um, foundation uh, for us as Americans that... Uh, Anything you can contribute, even in small ways. I mean, my story is just a small little example, but um, as you said, it, it does, you know, it makes me feel good, and uh, and by by talking to those people, and, and hopefully they get out to an apple seed, obviously they're going to feel good as well once they get to the apple seed and also the association with them. You know, when, when people get together
1: to do something that they're interested in where to have a common interest, it makes it easy. And if they can push that common interest to just a little bit wider circle, the community gains big dividends
2: from this. Yeah, and, and each, we all and need each individual do that. Yeah, and each individual, you know, the light gets the load. Excuse me, gets a little bit lighter for each individual too, as well. When everybody pitches in a little bit, um, you know, that load is that much lighter.
1: You know, and Appleseed it's a load. itself is a, is a community organization. It's all right. volunteers. None of them people are getting paid to do that.
0: They're going to get out and
1: I drive all day and all night, go somewhere seven or 800 miles away, teach a class, sleep in a crappy hotel room, or maybe even on somebody's floor. I've done that a couple uh-huh. of times. Right. And, uh, you know... I got there, and, and I did some good, and I taught some people, and I felt good about it. Right. And, and they it, went on and I and, think it's,
2: and, and to teach other people. Exactly. And that, I think that's important to tell that story, too, of, how, of the hard work that the volunteers are doing, because sometimes um, I know in the work that I do, I try to make it uh, very, you know, you only have a couple minutes to talk to people in most circumstances um, at a booth, at an information booth. So you got to maximize that time, and uh, you know sometimes. So the message is quick and simple and nice and easy, and maybe they don't. Those people that I talked to, they didn't understand that um, you know all the work, like you said, driving out to out to the show, packing up the car, uh, organizing all the material, uh, you know, dealing with the fees and paying the fees and making sure the accounting is all correct and everything. Uh, but it's good to tell that story, I think, because when they see that it does actually take a lot of work, uh, maybe that goes back to your original point. You know, those people want to pitch in and, and help lighten the load, and, and that way one person's is not um, taking on the whole load. That's right. And as we get more and more people involved in different
1: things, uh, the load just gets that much lighter, and it can be that much more effective. Appleseed wouldn't be anywhere at all if it wasn't for the effort of volunteers going out and taking care of a need in their community. For Appleseed, that need is teaching the history and the heritage, getting people thinking about liberty the right way, looking at at, at a different perspective on it, and in a couple cases, learning that a rifle ain't such a bad thing to have around the house after all. And that Gee, I'm even halfway good at it. I like this. I'll go do other things with it.
2: Right, and it's fun to boot, yeah. You
1: know, I I enjoy when I go down and work at the soup kitchen. I have some friends that work down there. And uh, we're not just standing there sloshing out beans to people. We're communicating.
2: We're engaged. We're
1: socializing with each other. We're socializing with the people who are coming to get a meal, and we're building a stronger community because of it.
2: Right. You're 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 affecting people. In other words, I mean, you you know, you're having an impact. You know, I happen to
1: be the head of the. Well, now stay on the line. Okay. I want to get your feedback on a couple of things. One of the ladies down there at the soup kitchen is the head of the local Democratic Party. And she's a genuinely nice person. I sometimes think she's a little misguided about things, but she's a nice lady. And she was under the impression that our local Tea Party was a bunch of demons (laughs) out to uh, exercise her people from the world. And then she found out I was running the thing. She says, wait a minute, you're running that bunch? Yeah. Do you think I'm some kind of ugly ogre messing up the world? Not hardly. So now because we associate together on a social basis, helping our community at the same time, she found out that maybe them Tea Party folks ain't such bad people. And now I've got a bunch of Democrats that come down and participate in the discussion. And they think it's pretty good too. And I got some folks from some church groups that come down because I work with them up there at the soup kitchen. And they say, well, he ain't such a bad guy, so maybe these people ain't such bad folks. And it makes my social agenda go much easier. It also expands my circle of friends, and I have more people in the community that I can count on when we have an emergency. I know that I can call a couple of these people and get them down there to help me do something. And they'll do it right. because they know me, and they know I'm a nice guy. And you right. can
2: call people to come help you, can't you? Sure, definitely. And, and and to add to that, I mean, without those people that I could call on, I mean, my life would be much – not my life, but, I mean, uh, my impact would be much smaller and, and it would be, make things much more difficult. And I couldn't accomplish many of the things I do without the guys that volunteer with me as well. Um, and to what you were saying, I was just talking to uh, – I was just at my local um, – FFL, my dealer, and we were talk- I was talking to his wife about it, him and his wife, and uh, we were talking a little bit about that, uh, about how you said um, talking to the other side, so to speak, you know, the people who don't normally uh, necessarily associate with, uh, you know, firearms or necessarily conservative values. Um, but we were talking about it, and uh, we both came to that same conclusion. It's kind of like what you said. Um, it's building a trust with people. Right, So you, you, you build the rapport, you you friendly with them, and uh, obviously always kind and friendly, and you build a trust. So that when you do tell them about something like Appleseed, for example, or for, in my example I tell them about cow guns and, and the things that we're doing out here and talk about firearms, they have that trust for you. So they know that you're not just spitting them some line of uh, you know, political rhetoric Right and and it, it tends to let them listen a little bit better to what you're actually saying as opposed to just shutting you down um, right away. You want to know a real good one?
1: I got that yeah. local Democrat party chairman to come to an apple seed.
2: Right. <laughs> no, and, and you know, you know what? I... She came back four times. Right. And but see, without that trust that you had built with her through your associations, that would have never happened. She would have never came down there on her own. Uh, you know, she would have probably never even looked into it. And that's and right. if you would have just and if you would have just walked up to her one day as a stranger and said, "Hey, come on down to this apple seed," she probably would have blown you off. But since you build that rapport with her and that that trust, um, you know, that's what facilitated her to listen to you and to to feel comfortable, to to hear what you're saying. So, yeah, that's great. Right. And if we can bring those other people into
1: the fold for Appleseed or to support the community, we're doing a great thing. Right. That's a win right Just, there. That's the victory. It's a win for everybody. Yep. I know that, you know, if we have a disaster here in town, I can call down and I can get the Democrats to
2: come help too, believe it or not. And they'll right. be down no, there. I to, no, and I totally and I can, believe it because the 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 like you said, we kind of demon each other sides demonize each other. But the reality is, when you if you're a kind person and you're you're doing that good work, you know we're all capable of good things and we're all capable of bad things. And um, so we just gotta focus on the good things and do as much good as we can and avoid all the bad things so and 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 all parties are are are, you know there's good people in all parties so you know my one of the things that we do out here is we're open to everything so I i don't i don't care what your political views are i don't care what your creed or your race is i want you to come out i want you to shoot some guns you can borrow ours if you want you can I'll, i'll loan you some i'll give you some ammo i'll uh I'll, I'll pay your range fee if I have to, you know, but I want you to come out and be with us for, for an hour or two and uh, participate with us. And uh, that's the the key, like I think what you were saying is like once I get them out there, they see that we're basically, we have more in common than we do, you know, our differences. And then, You're like talking. you said, too, they have, they have a great time, they enjoy themselves, and they want to come back next time. So, Yeah.
1: One of the ladies that I work with down there at the soup kitchen occasionally, uh, she's not really able to help out a whole heck of a lot. She's a very elderly black lady. She's probably 85 years old. And so she can't stay on her feet for a couple hours slinging hash all morning long. But sure. she comes down and, 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 and helps get things set up and helps wash the dishes, whatever, Uh, When she gets tired, she goes and sits down out there. She socializes with the people who are coming for a meal, and that's a good thing. And I got talking to her one day because she was real concerned because she had some crime in her neighborhood. And I said, well, you have a gun. And she says, well, I've got this thing my husband left in a nightstand, but I don't even know if it works.
0: Right. (laughs)
1: So the next Saturday, I take this lady to the range with her Ivor Johnson 32. We yep. scrounged up a couple boxes of ammo and uh, took it out. And I made sure it was safe to shoot, and I taught her how to shoot the thing. And uh, she was pretty happy with that. I didn't think very much of it. She's the one that asked me if I wanted to start help teaching some other ladies in the area because she had some friends who were a little scared too and had their husband's old owl's head in a nightstand that hadn't been moved since 1946 and had vertigris growing on the cartridges.
0: Right.
1: And the next thing you know, we've got a group of people out here. Then her pastor at church came down and wanted to talk because he was afraid that someone was going to come in and disrupt their church services violently. And I empathized with the man and I said, well, do you have some people that own pistols and they're willing to use them? Well, I don't know if we could do that. And I said, well, my niece's husband is a pastor, and he has a regular church defense team because their church is rather large and rather vocal in the area and draws some grief. And they've had people come in and try and disrupt services, and they have a regular team of 10 or 12 people that look out for the church during services. Well. Right. I got some news for you. The AME Church in Alamogordo is looking out for their people during services too because I happened to run into a little old lady slinging hash at the soup kitchen who needs a little bit of help. Right. And now I know that I can call that pastor if I need 10 or 12 people to come help me. I can call him up and they'll come help me. Yeah,
2: that's great. They'll help
1: me at the soup kitchen. They'd probably even come out to the out to the to the house here and help run off some wild heathens if I ran into any. I don't think I right. will. But the <laughs> point is we've developed community. They trust yep. me. I trust them.
0: Yep. So when so time, get tough, that
1: trust. Right, times get tough, I can go to them and I can ask for help and have a reasonable expectation of getting some, willingly, because they know that they can come to me and I'll help them. It's that sense of community. It's that general trust community, not that familial trust community. I'll call my cousin. Well, maybe your cousin will help you. Maybe he can't. You call me, you can. You've worked with me. You know it. If the rest of our people get out, get involved in their communities, do a little one-on-one time with people that they don't ordinarily hang with, next thing you know, we have a community. And then when we need to create a voluntary association uh, here, we had a bunch of people in voluntary association, got together and built a giant playground at the local park about 10 years ago. Nice. They just all got together and built it.
0: That's awesome. One guy
1: came in with a backhoe, dug out some, some holes. Some other guys put up a swing set that they came up with someplace. Somebody else made a set of monkey bars, and next thing you know, we got a playground out there, and next year, they all sat down together about a month ahead of time and planned out a little more, got some donations from some local contractors that went out there and built what they call Kids' Kingdom, and it's a really nice big park for kids up to maybe six or seven years old, get out there and climb around in a a big wooden castle, and run across some rope bridges, and just have a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, that's voluntary association. Awesome.
3: Government didn't right. have
1: nothing to do with it. Probably the only formal organization that had anything to do with it, a couple of guys from the VFW and a couple of guys from the Legion went around and rounded up supplies. Right. But that was it. Everything else is just people who had bumped into each other, willing to sit down together and do something for their town.
2: Right on. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so thanks, sir. Uh, thanks for telling me those stories, and um, I hope I, my story helped a little bit. Um, I'm going to get going. I've got to help the wife with dinner real quick here, um, but I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you for calling. I appreciate you coming on and, and telling us your story. Another case of right, yeah. Voluntary Association in Action. Yes, sir. All right, so you have a great no. night, then. Thank you. I will. Okay, if any of now. the rest of you have any good stories of great association, uh, pop up and give me a call and let me know. Scout, are we still on the air here?
3: Uh, I'm not sure if we are or not, because I heard the English lady say give the countdown a few minutes ago and I'm trying to dig into it and see if I can find if we're still on or not but I can't tell I just Uh oh oh, I just put it in the stream I put it in the uh the chat can you guys still hear the live stream they said no
1: okay I'm looking at the I'm
3: looking at the 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 show and it is still I guess I I guess I couldn't change it I must not been able to change it. it still says six
1: o'clock, six and okay. eight. Okay. So my scheduling error messed it up for us. Well, so now I'll know I, better next time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were on on Mountain Time and not Central Time. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I thought it was a fine a fine job. I don't know that the the chat people said they can't hear us. I'm looking at the studio. It's not showing any recording time left, although the recording light is still on. Maybe this right. is going to go into the archives. Maybe it'll still be able to, to hear it in the archives, but I don't think it were, we're works. We don't have
1: a live stream going out anymore. Yeah. I, I'm not showing up on the, on the switchboard either, but I've been here all night long. Uh, and yeah, I can't I, see I, me on I'm it. not
3: seeing you. I don't see you anywhere on here, I, and I, I kept checking it. I couldn't see you. So I don't know what exactly happened there. Uh, well, I thought it was a great job. I think that the information that, uh, that was put out was was great. Uh, I wish that more people would have uh, called in to give examples of how they're doing stuff, but, you know, there's not... I, there's got to be more people doing stuff than what we're hearing about. Uh, folks like Bullet was talking about how she works with her, uh, you know, in her neighborhood and several other folks. I would just wish more people would have would have called in to give examples of how they're working in their neighborhoods and their, their communities locally, you know, to to form associations.
1: Because I I know that we have people out there that are doing those things. We've got volunteer firemen out there. We've got uh, uh, sheriff deputies. You know, reserve cops and stuff out there, and, and they're involved in those things. When we all start working together and get the idea that that we can help each other with stuff and we can depend on each other, then we build a stronger community.
3: Well, I, you know, I mean, as well, you know, because you've been there with it the, every week. I, I, this is a message that I've been
1: that I tried
3: to get out for. The last seven years, and that is that uh, you know that Appleseed by just by itself is is very weak, you know, as one organization, it's very weak because at any time it could fold up, it could close down, it could, you know, uh, whatever, it, it could it could disappear. Uh, but if the folks that are in Appleseed, if they if they make alliances and associations and, and work with their neighborhoods and with their communities, every time we add another, another thread, you know, to the rope, it just gets stronger and stronger. But I think a lot of folks today, it seems to me like anyway, a lot of folks uh, are so, their time, or at least in their mind, they don't have enough time to do stuff like that, and I think a lot of folks don't do it, you know
0: don't
3: right, maybe they have the
1: time, but they don't use it for uh, for making associations, yeah, they need to know their neighbors, it's like we're kind of isolated out here where I am, not as much as you are, but we're we're kinda out of town a bit here. And people out here, we kind of just informally decided we were going to look out for each other. And when somebody has a problem, you know, we, we get a hold of each other and we come help each other out because the sheriff is 20 minutes away.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's the same thing here. it mean, we could be lucky. There could be a deputy for some reason, you know, way out in <laughs> the middle of the county out here. But I wouldn't count on it. We've got, everybody around here has, uh, everybody that I that I know that I'm familiar with, you know, we have, uh, like like you say, voluntary uh, mutual defense kind of agreement. If something happens, you know, you can call me and I'll jump in the, the car and I'll be at their house in just a few minutes. If they're out of town, I'll make sure I drive by their house and shine a spotlight on their house, uh you know, a couple of times, uh, you know, during the weekend and stuff like that.
1: You remember when we used to have party lines and the phone rang in everybody's house? Yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, that's>, in <laughs> fact,
3: I, I still have the phone. I still have, I left that phone in my hallway <laughs> of my house here, you know, and we used to have the, uh, our number, ours was, uh, two shorts and one long ring. That was our ring. Mm. And, uh. And of course, you always knew that uh, that no matter no matter who called who for whatever reason, there was uh, at least two ladies in the neighborhood that were going to be listening in, you know, to whatever you whatever you were talking about.
0: Yeah,
1: we did something uh, a little unusual here. You know what a TA three twelve is, right?
0: Oh yeah.
1: Well, four of my neighbors and I are hooked in on a TA three twelve. All on a common line. So if I get on there and crank, it's ringing in four houses. <laughs> That's a
0: pretty good idea
3: because and
1: it'll go for several miles.
3: <laughs> you know, I used to have uh, uh, a whole stack of TA312s and several rolls of the uh, the line, uh, and I got it because when I was stationed at Fort Hood, they you know they would have the uh, uh, the, the uh, IGs, the Correct. inspections,
0: and uh, one of the
3: guys in camo, the uh, camo sergeant, said, "Hey, you got a uh, you you have a truck, and you live off base." And I go, "Yeah, you know I got a." I had to keep a room there on the post, but yeah, I lived off, I lived off base. Is well, we got to put some stuff in your truck. I go what For what? so <laughs> said well, it's the stuff that we're not supposed to have. You know, it's extra stuff that we're really not supposed to have. And I go all right, okay. It felt kind of fishy because I said I don't know. You know, I don't want to get I don't want to get caught with something like that. Well, Nicky, you know, I guess the the commo guy talked to the. Uh, NBC guy and a couple of the other folks Well, next thing you know, I've got A whole bunch of stuff in my truck <laughs> And, uh, so we got it back to the house And got it, you know, but, We got the, uh, and they had the IG done And then I told the guy, I said, alright I said, I'm gonna bring the stuff back And they go, ah, uh, don't, don't bring it back Uh, we don't want it Because, <laughs> you know And they go, well, what am I supposed to do with it? You know, we just, uh, we don't know We don't care and, uh, so I ended up with it. The only problem was that, uh, the barn burned down. Otherwise, mm. I'd I have, a, I have some, some good phones.
1: If you want some, 312s are real hard to come by nowadays. Oh, yeah. And they're pretty spendy. They want a couple hundred bucks for good ones anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. But, uh,
1: just so as you know, if you, uh, go to Cheaper Than Dirt they've got a bunch of those German ones Uh and the Germans have been using the same one no joke since like 1933 mm-hmm. and, and you get two of them for 50 bucks that's worth? not a bad deal no it's not if you wanted to run one from the house to the barn or something you know or if you want to run one to the neighbor's place there you go
3: uh, I may do that. I may
1: take a look at that. Yeah, it's cheaper than better to had them set at two for I want to say forty-eight bucks for two. And they hook up just like three twelves do. Take two D cells, and uh, you can hook seven or eight of them up all on a common line. So you ring one, they all ring, and you can hook up to your closest neighbors and have some secure com and say hey. Help. <laughs> <laughs> hold on a second. I'm going to bring Mark from uh, Wyoming in here. Okay. Hey, Mark, you still out there?
2: Mark. Yeah, I'm here. I pushed that button just to make
0: sure that, yeah,
1: you guys are still in
3: the air.
0: Yeah. You guys was asking uh, about
1: that. Okay.
3: Yeah, you
0: are.
1: Uh, hey, we've got the phone line, but they can't hear us on the regular uh, stuff.
0: So yeah, you're called in, and in. And you can
1: you can hear us <laughs> because you're on the phones. You can hear
3: us talking. I don't, nobody else can hear us.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's okay, huh? <laughs> you can get used yeah. to phones from uh, cheaper than dirt, too. <laughs>
0: yeah. But now,
3: but remember that all all of this is probably going to go into the archives. It will probably be able to be heard in the archives. Okay. <laughs>
1: just a uh, just a little note. Yeah. So Mark listens in usually when he's driving. Yeah, no, we're a little closer to town now, so we'll
3: get you when I get home,
1: yeah. Yeah. I scheduled the show wrong this week and started an hour early, and it ended an hour early. Oh, yeah? First time I've ever scheduled a show. I messed it up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I thought you come on at 6.
1: You come on at 7 or what? We come on at 6, your time and mine, but it's 7 to 9 Central Time. Okay. And I I scheduled it from six to eight and forgot that blog talk's not on mountain time. So. Well, I think that the majority
3: of the information uh, the 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 stuff that we got out, was it good? Was the body of the stuff that needed to be to be heard? Well,
1: I I hope they did. I wanted it to be something useful to people because I think it's important that we get these voluntary associations, people working together as a community.
0: And, uh, I think that they appreciate each other.
1: too. Well, I'll try and I put another one together for later on and keep some show notes on tap in case we have an emergency and you can't get on. Okay. That sounds great.
3: Uh, thank you, Sam, for a great show tonight. Thank you for for putting this together. It's a very important topic. And, you know, I think we should uh I, I know that, uh, like I said over the last well, for Blog talk I think it's been four or five years now, but I know that I've I've had to have done at least two to three, two to three shows uh, a year talking about it. And talking about it all the rest of the time, but I think I don't think that's enough. I think I think that I think that we need to push it even harder because uh, it's the only way we're going to get out of the mess that we're in. That's the only way that we're going to fix it is by is by, is by pulling the government back down to our level, instead of uh, instead of having government be be so far away
1: that we've got to use a telescope and binoculars to to get to them.
0: Uh,
1: it's like that emergency services director here. He now realizes that if he was to give me or a couple other guys a call. Uh, we'll have communication set up with the outside world and inside the county because I just happen to know a heck of a lot of hams so you know, amateur radio guys we all hang together and some of us shoot together and he's got people that have heavy equipment that can come out and deal stuff and uh, all he's got to do is give the word he doesn't have to depend on resources from the federal government that may or may not show up. And when things come down to push to shove, he knows that his bread's buttered here in Otero County and not in Washington DC.
3: Well, that's fantastic.
0: All right, well
3: thank you, Sam. And uh and let's talk you and I can we can talk by phone again between now and uh this next week, okay? Okay. All right, and thanks everybody listening, and uh, have a great 2014. See you next week, folks.
1: Bye, bye, Mark.